the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Welcome to Winds of Change. I'm your host and Bible teacher, uh, Keith McKenzie. Uh, we're going to be looking at an extremely uh, exciting uh, topic that uh, I've been uh, reviewing and, and looking at over the last five uh, years, but really concentrating on it a lot the last year. It just, it just keeps coming up. And uh, today we're going to talk about the Feast of the Lord. And uh, the first thing we think of when uh, I know when I think of a feast, I think of like Thanksgiving. We're coming into the Thanksgiving holiday season. Tend to think that this is a, uh, you know, we're going to eat and there's a good time in, involved. But that's not the, uh, the biblical Hebrew uh, meaning of uh, feasts is the uh, Hebrew word moed. But before we get into that any further, let's, let's just take this to the Lord in prayer and ask for his blessings. Father in heaven, I thank you uh, for today. I thank you, Lord, that uh, we're able to just open up your word, Lord, that you've chosen to reveal yourself uh, to man through your word, through the, uh, the Jewish people, Lord, and you've entrusted them your scriptures, which we have strong confidence, Lord. We thank you for... Uh, your faithfulness, Lord. Help us to be uh, faithful to you. Help us to be people of faith, Lord, that uh, we might be well-pleasing in your sight. And I pray, Father, as this uh, teaching goes forward, that it would um, open people's eyes up to the absolute precision of your word and uh, the awesome things that you have tucked away in here for us. So I give you thanks and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. Feasts of the Lord, the Moedim. Um, the idea of the Feast of the Lord is a, these are, well, let's, let's just go right to Scripture. I want to go to, uh, right now, um, Isaiah chapter 40. Uh, and um, I want you to know that one of the foundational things that really changed my life uh, is Isaiah chapters 40 through 49, where God puts on, uh, they, the scholars call it the, the trial of the false gods where the, the Lord himself um, makes a defense for himself and really the only place I know of in scripture where he actually does that and so in Isaiah he, he puts forth this litmus test of uh, who he says he is and that is what we call the, the prophetic nature of God and uh, that is in his word and he Really, prophecy is history told to us in advance. It's not the 2012. Uh, it's not Nostradamus. It's nothing like that. This is 100% accurate precision. It's not vague. Um, and, and God says that he is who he is by letting us know what's coming. That's how he authenticates his message in, in a world that has a lot of of uh, messages out there. So how do we sort through it? Prophecy 
okay and it, and if you go through the like the gospel of Matthew Matthew said over and over and over he said and Jesus did this and it fulfilled the prophet Isaiah you know and over and over and over be sensitive to that as you read the scriptures and Jesus himself and if you're a Christian um, in Revelation 19:10 it says Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy so by God's very nature, when he speaks, he speaks things that aren't as though they were. And sometimes because we live in time, we, ha- we kind of stumble over how God can speak um, even in a single verse. That verse could uh, speak to a, a local situation right there when the writer was writing that. And at that time, and then all of a sudden that... Uh, that word would telescope over uh, a period of even thousands of years to a situation where God says that it has its ultimate uh, final conclusion. And that's kind of the Bible is under attack. And the, the two books that are really attacked the most are the book of Genesis and the book of Revelation. And we're doing a Genesis 1 through 11 study, so I commend that to you if uh, you're a new Christian and you want to get rooted and grounded in the, uh, the uh, essentials and the fundamentals of the faith. You'll find everything uh, that, to get you started and lay a solid foundation in Genesis 1 through 11. But let's see what the prophet Isaiah uh, has to say here uh, through the Holy Spirit. All right, and this is the the trial of the false gods. This is just one part, and I commend that to your reading, all right? And part of this is up on uh, the website, all right? And uh, it's called The Feast of the Lord. This is just an introduction. Uh, As time allows, uh, down the road, we'll kind of expand uh, these things, but we'll we'll do uh, an outline over the next uh, couple of shows. It says right here, And behold... Verse 15, Isaiah 40, 15. Behold, the nations are as a drop in a bucket and are counted as the small as the dust on the scales. Look, he lifts up the isles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor its beast sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted by him less than nothing and worthless. And that's because that they've... Uh, they, they, they just don't follow God. They follow the, their own vain imaginations. So that's why God's saying is, is all of that adds up to nothing. All right? And so then he calls out these false uh, religious systems and he says, To whom will you liken God or what likeness will you compare to him? The workman molds an image, and the goldsmith overspreads it with gold, and the silversmith casts silver chains. Whoever is too impoverished for such a contribution chooses a tree that will not rot, and he seeks for himself a skillful workman to prepare a carved image that will not totter. He says, have you not known? Have you not heard? Has not it been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and inhabits it, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. Now, right there, the Lord points out, he says, Have you not known and have you not heard? He says, I've told you from the beginning. Now, what is the beginning? The beginning 
is Genesis. Genesis means origins. So everything has its origin, all right, in the feasts of the Lord, the Moedim, all right, which are God's, uh, they're called holy convocations, all right? And the, the concept behind that is they are uh, a rehearsal, just like the, the day that the Lord Jesus was uh, crucified, they were taking the lambs for the Passover and they were, at the same time, they were sacrificing the lambs in the temple of God. And, and Jesus was fulfilling these things. They were going through a, the, the, the ceremony of that was rehearsals for the actual event. Okay, so I want you to think of the Feast of the Lord is a biblical God's appointment calendar. And God says here in Genesis 1.14, it, it mentions right here in verse 14, says, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs for seasons, for days and years. Let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. And he also set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night to divide the the light from the darkness and God saw that it was good and it was evening and morning were the fourth day uh, a few things in there um, you'll notice that in God's calendar and in God's time it's evening to morning all right the Jewish day begins at like 6 p.m. all right and it starts in the evening and it goes 12 hours all right 6 a.m. the next morning then it's evening and morning and the idea behind that is uh, in Hebrew it's Erev and Boker and the idea is going from disorder or darkness to light all right and and uh, if you've ever gone someplace and I've done a lot of camping when uh, I was younger and we would visit a campground and sometimes you leave on a Friday night and you wouldn't get there until it was dark you set up your campsite and in the morning you get up and you just like Whoa, you didn't notice all that stuff that was there. It's because the light, and God is the light, all right? He gives more and more understanding. We can see more and more the more light he gives us. And for our spirit man, that's what he wants to do. He says he gives us light. Jesus is the true light of the world. There's um, also here the idea behind a, a biblical and uh, uh, God's calendar as he, sa- he says here in Genesis uh, 1.14 he says let them be for signs for seasons and for days and years alright now the word seasons is the same word moed that's the same word that over in Leviticus uh, 23 which we'll turn over to there right now and this is found in, in several places. Uh, but before we, we get into this, why is this important? Okay. The Lord Jesus Christ, in his first coming on his earthly ministry here, um, God set forth seven feasts, seven 
appointments uh, that he gave the children of Israel rehearsals, those holy convocations to do. And God set um, from the beginning when uh, the children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt from the bondage of, of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh and Egypt represent, uh, Egypt would re- represent a world uh, system of oppression, keeping them. They were, they were slaves in Egypt. And the idea behind um, that is Pharaoh would be a representation of a godless uh, world leader manipulated by uh, the principalities of the, the heavens that are uh, ungodly, uh, really just demonically controlled. And the, the Passover, when, when the Lord Jesus um, gave the, the illustration... You know, Yahweh God gave the illustration of that they were going to be delivered after, um, you know, the plagues of Egypt. What happened was on the last plague, the, the death of the firstborn, um, God told Moses, he goes, this, you know, and he gave them the, the instructions for, for the Passover lamb. And they were to follow these instructions Perfectly, You know, they were to pick a, a lamb without blemish for their household. And they were to, you know, take it and kill it. These were all prophetic. Okay, and I want you to understand this. They all had prophetic implications because it was telling us something that was going to happen on God's calendar, God's appointment, his moed, all right, that would happen someday on that feast day, okay, that calendar point, all right, and we'll, we'll spend a little time going through God's calendar. It's radically different than ours. Um, like right now, this is uh, at this time of taping, we're in the year 2009. Uh, the, the Hebrew calendar, God's calendar, the Jewish calendar, is the year is 5770. The months are different, and the year is different. And we have a, um, our calendar... All right, is a we go by a solar calendar, and we have some leap years to, you know, 365 days. Uh, Jews go by a um, they do their months lunar calendar, and their years are by a solar calendar. So they have both, and and they they reconcile uh, their leap years by adding in an extra month, like every 19 years. It's uh, that's how they have uh, decided to correct that little imbalance there. But the, the signs, God's calendar, all right, he sets forth uh, way back here in Genesis, the, the book of origins, he said that he put the, 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 the heavens and the earth because they were even the uh, changing of the moon and the stars and many of the ancient cultures um, worshipped the stars and made a perversion with their astrological religions why we have such a uh, you'll find uh, the crescent and the star um, and celestial type of things in many of the ancient uh, you know pagan cultures 
you know, you'll find it in ancient uh, Babylon, and, and it moved out, and, and it finds its where everywhere. You'll see the, the crescent in uh, Islam. You'll see it in uh, witchcraft. Uh, you see it in Hinduism. You see it in uh, representations of uh, the apparitions of Mary. And, and they all have a common thread. And uh, you'll have to see our uh, teaching on uh, the crescent for uh, further information on that. But God set those those uh, things in motion, and over time, God had his uh, story. It was actually called the way from the time of Adam and uh, Eve that uh, the, the references, the ancient uh, Hebrew sages say that Adam, Seth, and Enoch taught uh, their children by using the stars, okay? And this is called the, in the Hebrew the Maseroth. And they would tell the coming of, you know, it was, it was a gospel presentation. So they knew there was this coming deliverer. And over the ages, uh, what's happened uh, from about the Tower of Babel, there was this perversion that was going on. And that's why you'll find many cultures, even though they, they, they have different languages and stuff, they have the same... Uh, they have zodiacs that are very similar. They have uh, flood legends that are very similar. And that's because as the, the, the peoples began to spread out after Noah's flood, there was, uh, they took with them these, these legends which over time uh, were perverted. And, you know, perversion means, uh, you know, to, to corrupt and to change from its original intention. And that's what a perversion is, Okay. So, but the signs and the seasons, okay, the seasons is moed, all right, God's appointments. Jesus Christ in his uh, earthly ministry fulfilled just like they were set forth in Exodus uh, on the Passover. The Lord said, this is the beginning of your year. So they actually have a civil new year and then they have like a religious new year that that was the beginning. That was like their, their as a nation, that was their born again experience. They, they uh, received the lamb and then they moved out and, then, and, and even the apostles uh, spoke of as they went through the Red Sea that they were baptized into Moses. And uh, so there's all that rich um, symbolism, but they're also all prototypes of God's appointments, okay? And, and God's, um, in Leviticus 23, God lays out these seven feasts, these seven biblical appointments, all right? Um, Jesus in his first coming, as we've said, fulfilled the first four so that leaves three more feasts to be fulfilled. And they will all, and I want you to get this, okay? First four were all fulfilled. And, and the more you look at this, the, the, it just staggers me how the, the absolute precision, um, how the Lord controlled the events on these things. And, and um, so we have on the, the first uh, feast... Let's, let's just go ahead and jump right into Leviticus 23 because we're going to run out of time on this, this particular show. You're going to have to come back next week. We're not even going to get close to it. But you're going you're gonna to get blessed. This is, you know, you're, you're going to be blown away.
in um, Leviticus 23, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, The feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim, gets that, I am also proclaiming to, the, to you, all right? And it says, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. These are my feasts. So twice he says, uh, Moed. So he's saying, you know, this is important. Anytime God repeats something, this is important. Jesus would always say, truly, truly, I say to you. So if he just said truly, that would be important. But if he says truly, truly, that's like, you know, you need to pay attention to what he's saying here. So he says, these would be my holy convocations. These are the rehearsals, okay, so to speak, all right? Um, says six days work shall be done but the seventh is the Sabbath the Shabbat of solemn rest a holy convocation so there's another rehearsal because this ultimate uh, seventh day is is the millennium speaks of the millennium so that's what we keep practicing for all right says you shall do no work on it it is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings and we are you know a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. Then there's the first feast. It's right here. It's called uh, of Passover and unleavened bread. All right. Then there's the feast of first fruits, the feast of weeks, the feast of trumpets, the day of atonement, and the feast of tabernacles, which is the last feast, which uh, speaks of the millennium. Okay, which will have its ultimate fulfillment in the millennium when the Lord comes back and. He, he begins to rule and reign uh, as Lord, you know, King of kings and Lord of lords, all right? But Jesus fulfilled the first uh, couple of feasts right here. So we'll continue reading uh, verse 4 of Leviticus 23. These are the feasts, okay, the moeds, the appointments of the Lord, of the Lord, holy convocation. So those are rehearsals, all right? which you shall proclaim at their appointed times. Okay, see how the Lord puts right in? These are appointed times, fixed times. Remember what we read there in Isaiah? He says, I've told you from the beginning. All right, and, and, and this, this program isn't done. God still has a lot on the table he, he's going to do. All right, and it says, on the 14th day of the first month at twilight, okay, now, they reset the clock there on the Exodus. So it says, at twilight, it says, is the Lord's Passover. And on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So that's the very next day. Okay? So they get the 14th and the 15th. And prophetically, what's going on here is Passover was when the Lord was crucified. All right, and he died for us as the Lamb of God. That's what John the Baptist said. He said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so Jesus was our perfect sacrifice, never to be repeated, not in, in any form. All right, it was perfect. And, and to assume that it wasn't perfect is a slap in the face to the finished work of Christ on the cross. When he was on the cross, he said, It is finished. And, and, and that's a total blessing, and you, you can enter into God's rest when you receive that. Then it says, uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread begins the next day. The next day is when the Lord was in the tomb. He was, uh, 
He was that perfect, sinless sacrifice. And unleavened bread is bread that does not have leaven or yeast in it. Yeast is a symbol of pride in the Bible. And so this pride uh, puffs up. And that's the, 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 the problem of mankind is, is that man is proud. And, and, and in James, that's what it talks about, you know, where all of our problems and issues come from. And uh, he, he outlines, you know, anatomy of sin, which is an interesting study in and of itself right there in uh, James. Okay, so the Lord f- fulfilled those two feasts. And so while he was dead, he was, that was fulfilling the, the feast of uh, unleavened bread because he was that sinless sacrifice. And if you've ever seen matzah, uh, matzah is uh, unleavened bread. So it really could be called the feast of matzah. And, and matzah would be unleavened, uh, flat, almost looks like a cracker. It's pierced because the Lord was pierced uh, for us, right? And he was bruised for our iniquities. And, um, you know, you'll see like the little burn marks on there. It looks like bruises the piercings and then it's broken and he was broken for us and that's what the lord said on the when he celebrated uh passover and and he handed out the thing it wasn't a loaf of bread all right that's the way we tend to think of it as but no it was they had matzah and they would break this bread and i'm pretty sure we can be confident the lord kept the law all right he was (laughs) that he is uh for that very day and then we have the Feast of First Fruits, okay, which is uh, fulfilled when Jesus rose from the dead, all right? And we'll get into these in a little bit more uh, detail down the road, but I just want to open your eyes up to this. The Feast of uh, First Fruits is when Mary Magdalene sees Jesus, the risen Lord, after, and he goes and he... Um, you know, it says, don't touch me yet, uh, Mary. I haven't yet ascended to my father. So when he ascended to his father, uh, before he met his disciples, he presented himself as a first fruit. And over and over and over in the uh, Bible, he's talked about he's the first fruit from the dead, the firstborn from the dead. And, and that was his part of his program. And then the last feast that he fulfilled was Pentecost, where the the Feast of Weeks, where they would count, um, you know, not backwards, but they would count upwards. And Penta, you know, uh, is 50. Pentecost is where they get 50. And on the 50th day, God breathed into the church his Holy Spirit. Now, that's about all the time we got for today. But I hope I whet your appetite because when we come back for the next session, we're going to get into, uh, we'll do a, a quick review over this, and then we'll get right into uh, some of the next feasts. All right, I hope you're blessed in this. God bless, and if you can't wait, just check out the website and uh, see what we have. Thanks for joining us. We love you. Come back and see us.